Hi, I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's our mission at Dragonfly Marketing to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because we know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. We believe small businesses are the backbone of our nation. When your business grows, it benefits not only you and your family, it benefits your whole community. Small businesses create a vibrant and connected economy. We employ local people, we donate to local charities, and we work together to build resilient and thriving regional communities. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Now, before I introduce my next guest, I wanted to ask you something. Do you want to find out how you can create high impact marketing campaigns on a small budget? Because if you do, I think I may have something that could help you. Something that we are immensely proud of at Dragonfly Marketing is the fact that we have won the Small Budget Marketing Award at the Australian Marketing Institute Awards for Excellence three times. And we've done this by creating super smart and super smart and creative marketing campaigns that have achieved amazing results on a super tight budget. This is what we specialize in. It's our superpower, if you like, but this doesn't just come from winging it. It comes from years of experience creating marketing campaigns for small businesses. We've got a formula, we know exactly what works, and now we want to share this information with you. So if you think this is something you'd like to get your hands on, head to dragonflymarketing.com.au slash high impact small budget and sign up to receive our e-guide, 10 Steps to Creating High Impact Marketing on a Small Budget. And now to introduce this episode's guest. Chris Wallace joins us from Philadelphia in the US. He is the co-founder and president of Interview, a marketing consulting firm that helps companies align their brand and product stories with their customer-facing teams. Essentially, Interview helps organisations ensure that the people that are dealing with their customers understand the organisation's brand and that they are across the key marketing messages and activities of the organisation. This is something that we recommend you do as well, because by doing this, you ensure that a single story is told by your team out there in the marketplace. It means that if you have a large or even small team of employees, that they're just all on the same page when it comes to telling people about what your business does, what it stands for, what makes it different, and who your business is perfect for. This is a vital operational ingredient to ensure that the people behind your brand deliver a consistent message to your customers and your community. With close to 20 years of sales, marketing, and corporate leadership experience, Chris helps companies engage their frontline teams in new ways, producing improved customer experiences and better financial results. And in this interview, Chris shares some of his top insight and tips about how you can do this in your business. Hi, Chris, and welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show. 
Jane, thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Me too. And Chris, where are you actually joining us from? I'm in, I'm in Philadelphia in the, in the U.S., so the Eastern, oh. Eastern time zone in the U.S. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us all the way from Philadelphia. Before we kick off and I ask you some of my questions about um, the marketing topic that we've chosen to chat about today, I really like to ask all of my guests about why it is that they do what they do. And you help companies align their brand and product stories with their customer-facing teams. What is it that you love about working in this space? It's a, it's a great question to start with. Um, I think that the most important thing for us and really everybody on my team is everybody that works with us, everybody that works you know, with my company, they've all been part of the frontline staff before. Everybody's been in sales or been in customer service or had one of those jobs before. And, you know, what we find too often is organizations throw really so much, you know, so much of their, um, you know, their priorities and, and, and so many challenges at their frontline teams. And to, to really help put the puzzle together for those folks and make their lives easier, um, we see the benefits that it has, not just for the employee, but for the customers. And uh, we get a lot of satisfaction out of that. So really helping be the voice of those frontline folks um, back in the boardroom and then the C-suite with the executive teams um, that, that really drives us every day. Okay. So your frontline force, um, I think I heard you say that, that that's your sales people. Is that your customer service people as well? Like who, who, who do you define as, as, as a business's frontline force? I mean, we, we think and anybody who interacts with the customer directly, right? Yeah. That it could be it could be their sales team, it could be customer service, it could be uh, technical team technicians. Um, you know, we've worked with pest control companies who have people, you know, technicians and vans, and they're they're going out and they're servicing customers' homes. Um, we look at all of them as as the frontline staff of the organization. Yeah, right. Brilliant. Okay, so. I interview a lot of guests about marketing to customers and stakeholders who sit outside of the business. So let's, for simplicity's sake, call that, call that external marketing. You, however, specialise in what we'll call internal marketing. Can you explain, you know, what internal marketing is all about? Yeah, I mean, really what it comes down to is the marketing the marketing department, in, in so many cases, you use the word external, um, they're, they're delivering a story, they're delivering a promise externally to the customers. They're trying to attract the customers with that promise. Um, what we do is we make sure that that promise is understood and more importantly, that people believe in that promise. They understand what it is that they're saying they can do for customers, but they actually believe their organization can do it. And we don't believe that um, the, the typical training or, or job aids and things like that of the past, we don't think that gets people to believe in anything. That can get them to know about it, but knowing something and believing in it are two very different things. So we, we look at the marketing pieces, you know, we always say marketing is, is behavior change on a mass scale, right? You're trying to put a message out and get a lot of people to change their behavior around your message. Well, we look at the ways that marketers do it externally, and let's be honest, marketing can be a lot of fun. And then you look at the ways that most organizations equip their, their internal teams to serve the customer, 
and it's not very fun. It, it, it's not engaging. And you know, our goal is to get them to want to do it and to get them to believe in it, not just know what it is. It's not enough just to have the information. You really have to be able to turn that into a story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, internal marketing, external marketing, it's all the same thing. It's just, you know, who is your target audience? So essentially internal marketing is just defining your segment, your target segment as the people who work for your business. I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, that, that's the way we talk about it is, you know, the, the employees, the people, we always say that marketers always measure what the, um, what the customers think of their brand and of their products and services, but rarely do organizations measure what the people who talk to the customer think. And, and think about the things that you buy on a day-to-day basis. Might be a little bit different this year. This year has been a little bit crazy. But in, in normal times, you think about you go to buy something and the person that you buy it from can impact your decision. Well, not leaving that to chance and making sure that that person really does you know, stand behind the message they're delivering and they know what message to deliver that's really important. That can be the difference between winning and losing customers. 100%. And the other thing that I think is really important for small business owners to understand as well is that if you're out there, you know, investing in that external marketing piece, if you're out there kind of really telling that amazing story to potential customers and they get back to your business and they get a really suboptimal, you know, customer experience because, you know, your frontline people just have not, are not as excited about your business as, as you are or your marketing is, you've basically wasted all of that marketing investment. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 whether you're a small business or, or a large business, right? Um, there's, you know, we always say that if you look at the the difference in performance, um, spending a little bit more money to make sure that the, the people inside your organization are equipped, they, they know what are the campaigns that are going out? What are you telling the customers? What is the role that they play in making sure that this the campaign and the marketing is successful? Um, you spend a little bit more to do that and maybe you convert 10% more sales or 12% more sales. It easily pays for it. And then you think about how, how you measure the success of that marketing. The success of that campaign just went from mediocre to through the roof just with that extra 10% conversion. So when you start looking at your cost to acquire new customers and the effectiveness of your marketing, make you, we talk about marketing insurance, right? It's insurance to, to, to back up your bet that the people who represent you are gonna, are gonna back up that message and back up the, the money that you spent to reach the customer. Yeah, 100%. So that's one reason why internal marketing is so important to make sure that when the customer actually gets to your doorstep, when they get to your front line, that they are you know, able to convert that. What are some other reasons as to why internal marketing is so important for any size business? Yeah, well, uh, so th- there's a number of different reasons. We have a we have a, a pyramid where we talk about the the different metrics that are going to be impacted by um, by the the type of work that we do. But once you get start getting past, let's just say sales and revenue and things like that, now you start to get into things like employee retention, customer retention, sort of you know some of those things that are, that are measured out over a little bit longer period of time. Um, but, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, there's a CMO that we work with. And right before we, we signed up to do work with him, he said, explain to me, give me the, what you do in the most simplest terms. And I said, we sell your company back to your employees. That's what we do. We take your brand and we sell it back to them. We, we, we remind them 
what makes you so valuable. We remind them what makes it an interesting place to work. And I don't consider us an employee engagement company, but when you are do, when you are driving an influence-based campaign as opposed to just giving people training, it does remind them how great a place they actually do work. And you start to see benefits throughout your business beyond just the sales. Like I said, employee retention, customer retention, um, you know, lower recruiting costs, lower onboarding costs. I mean, all the things that come with that. Yeah, and higher conversion rate of, of customers, you would think. And I think that's really true. Something that I've observed with a lot of small businesses is even when a business or a small business refreshes their brand. So even, you know, if a, if a small business has had the same old tired branding for the last 15 years and they go through a brand revitalization process and engage their employees along the way, you know, getting input, you know, if we're using photography, um, it, within the branding, we, we go and, you know, get people within the organisation, um, photographed, et cetera, et cetera, customers, them being part of that journey and then seeing that brand revitalisation come to life. Uh, the last project that we worked on, when we actually presented um, a couple of the staff members um, the new annual report, she, one of them burst into tears. She was just so touched by this revitalized brand that so beautifully told the organization stories she cried yeah yeah people it, it, it is it's personal right and I think it's even more important in small organizations. And I mean, I've been, I've been an entrepreneur for, you know, going on 10 years now, and there's certainly been pivots in the business and, and, and us changing the, the strategic positioning and things like that. And throughout all that, you have to make sure you're bringing the employees along for the ride, because if you're not, uh, you know, the interactions that they have, whether it's, you know, somebody doing sales and business development or somebody interacting with a client, they need to be able to articulate what makes your organization unique. And that's really what it comes down to is differentiation. There's so many different options, whether it's for marketing services or consulting or for um, for automobiles, or it doesn't matter what it is. Um, I always say that the only um, the only brand in the world that has true product superiority is Apple. Apple is the only brand in the world that truly has a product that stands on its own. Beyond that, everybody's got a stiff competition. Brands have to find a way to stand out for something other than a product. And it comes down to this idea of brand and the way that people back up the promises. But it's every day that that has to be reinforced. Yeah, 100%. So if some small business owners who are listening to this think, okay, right, I've got to get onto my internal marketing how do they start? Is there a particular framework or process that you can recommend that they can they can follow to kind of help them take take their um, organisation on this journey? Yeah, I, I think so. The, the most important thing, especially to a small business owner, and, and I'm on a number of shows where I'm talking to you know talking to a small business audience. Um, the most important thing is. Internal marketing is not, we don't look at it as, it's not an additional expense. This is not doing something more, you know, that, that, that's, that's going to add a lot of, you know, a lot of money to your, to your budget line. What we're talking about is just a change in mentality, right? It's a change in mentality of switching from looking at this information as something that you want to get people to comply with and switching that mentality to something you want to convince them is the right thing, right? Again, you're selling it to them, right? Convincing them, getting them to opt in and influencing them to the right, the right outcome. So I would start by saying, um, 
the minute you start looking at them as an audience to be to be won over as opposed to people to be forced into compliance you're on the path to being able to do internal marketing it really is just a different it's just a different mentality but i would say the number one thing that you can be doing beyond that is gathering input from your people in, in a regular structured format i'm not talking about a once a year employee uh, uh, satisfaction survey. I'm talking about really measuring their point of view on the brand, on the products. What do they think is working? What do they not think is working? And gathering that input, not only is it valuable to be able to learn how to reach them and understand their point of view, but it also can become a great way to gather frontline feedback and use it for product development, use it for marketing, you know, marketing campaign development. Gathering their input is it's, it's business intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really great suggestion. So kind of just changing that mindset and making sure that you are including your, your team as one of your target audiences. And just as you are kind of communicating those campaigns and rolling out those campaigns to your external market, just put in that extra line item or that extra column in your marketing plan spreadsheet and just think about, well, how are we actually taking the, the front line on the journey as well? Okay, they, that makes sense. Organizations do it now. They have a plan for that. But the reality is if, if most organizations, big and small, if they're honest with themselves and they go back and they look at it and they'll say, it's just not that interesting, right? They, they just, they, they, it, it becomes, we're going to check the box. Uh, you, you mentioned rebranding, right? Yeah. Most, we, work, we typically work with larger companies. Yeah. And when the larger companies we work with go through a rebrand, what do they do? They drop a brand guidelines book on people's desks and they say, here are new colors. Here's the new tagline. But they don't do anything to really, most organizations don't do enough to really bring people along and help them understand how what this means for them. What does it mean for their day-to-day? What does it mean for their conversation with customers? You have to look at it and just be honest and say, is this something that would would you know, uh, influence me to act in a different way? And if the answer is no, you've got to refresh it in some way. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. Yes. And, and, and particularly because outside of the marketing department, you know, there's a good many people who don't really give a toss, you know, about, about what's happening with the marketing. It doesn't really affect them in their little silo. Um, and so when you're trying to bring these other people along, for the people who just don't really think about marketing or don't understand the value of marketing or the value of brand, is there a particular style of communication that you recommend, you know, be it storytelling or presenting, you know, case studies or maybe internal videos or, you know, something along those lines, something a bit different than slapping the old style guide on the, the table? Is, is there a particular way to communicate or bring people on the journey that, that you'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, the, the number one tool that we use, the, the most tried and true tool that we've ever used is peer-to-peer influence. Um, using um, using frontline to frontline testimonials, workshops, huddles, you know, whatever different format that can take. We've used everything from, um, you know, peer-to-peer huddles that are done, you know, uh, for an hour once a week where people are getting together and talking about, here, you know, here are my interactions with customers. Here's what I've been saying. Here's what's been working. Here's what's resonating. And they learn from each other um, all the way to we use um, – 
if they have an internal social media, like an, like internal message boards and things like that, where people are posting, you know, every time they have a, you know, an exceptional customer interaction, they're going on and they're sharing, here's what's working well, here's what's resonating with customers. It's so great to, you know, you know, get this great feedback from the customers and see it working and they're sharing ideas with each other. Um, people don't trust corporate. I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't trust the, the, the leadership team. It's when they see somebody next to them that they admire and they respect who, who is going to say, here, here's an idea. Um, that's who they listen to. So we put them in a position where they are, they're getting, you know, they're getting, you know, horizontal leadership is, is what we often refer to it as from their peers. Yeah, I love it. That's a really good idea. And testimonials, again, um, are a very successful tactic to use in, in your external marketing. So why not apply that to your internal? We're all humans at the end of the day. Now, what are some of the challenges that people might come across with their internal marketing? What are some of the challenges that you see in your line of work? Probably the biggest challenge is that organizations take their external marketing and they reproduce it in some form and they give it to their teams and they say, here, here's the, they basically take the brochure that's going to sit in the lobby that the customer would get or, or the, the, the product slick or whatever it is. And they take the same customer facing piece and they use that as the tool to equip their, their frontline teams. But the reality is the way that people will process the information the person who has to talk to the customer doesn't need the exact same language as the external marketing. They need to understand what is the context for this? When do I bring this up? It's really the, the what is what is, is typically shared with people, but not the how. How do I integrate this? How do I tell the story around this? You mentioned storytelling, right? The key here is to tell a story that people will want to retell. And if you if you take it out of context for them and just give them the same marketing piece that you would give directly to a customer, that's where we see a big disconnect. That's a big challenge. Yeah. And that's lazy marketing at the end of the day, isn't it? I mean, that's that would be the same um, challenge if you took, you know, your marketing that you developed for, for the baby boomer, the 65 plus age group, and tried to apply that to a millennial market. You know, it's, it's yes, you, you might be trying to sell the same service or product, but you've got to position it differently based on the context of, of the people that you're talking to. It, it, it's very true that contact, you know, uh, a, a friend of mine is a, a, a professor at Harvard Business School, and he, he always says context matters in selling more than any other discipline in business. Context is so important, right? Putting information and putting concepts into context for, for individuals is so critically important. And, you know, a lot of organizations you know, they, they struggle to, to, to make that extra step. Um, a lot of times it's because there's a disconnect between departments. And a lot of times it's simply not marketing. It's not their job to do this. Marketing hands it off to somebody else. It gets turned into training or it gets turned into whatever the case may be, it gets turned into manuals, whatever it ends up getting turned into. But our case to marketers is your frontline teams can decide what your brand is going to be, right? They're the face of your brand. When the customer shows up, they're the face of your brand. Marketers need to take more responsibility for this. Yeah, yeah. 
hundred percent. It's such a massive touch point. Yeah, I agree. And what are some of the benefits? I mean, we spoke earlier on in the in our chat about you know an increased conversion rate. But what are some of the other benefits that a business can expect if expect if they really manage to nail their internal marketing? What what what, what might they see? So I would say so. So conversion definitely, but I would say depending on on what their their objectives are. Um, one of the big things that we see is, you know, what I'm going to call attach rate or upsell rate. Um, it's the, a lot of times the stuff that we work on, the programs that we work on are a company has something new. There's something new that they're bringing to market. Now they have a core business and this might be a, a, an add-on or an additional feature or, or some sort of ancillary but, but, but related product. And those are the things that organizations struggle to sell uh, to a great degree, right? They launch it. We got this next great thing. It's going to bolt on with this sale, but the sales team doesn't adopt. They're afraid of it. They don't know. They don't get it. They don't, they don't want to get it. They tune out. Um, but what we end up doing is helping them really integrate that and finding that now you find yourself in a spot where not only do you do close sales at a higher rate, but you're, you're, you're selling more, you know, your, your, your average ticket price, your, your bolt on rate, whatever you want to call it, Customers are buying more and the customers are happy at the same time, right? Yeah. If you do these things well, they are going to buy more and they're going to be happier. Um, the, the size of the order, the size of the ticket or whatever you want to call it and customer satisfaction work in unison. If you do a good job, those two things go up at the same time. And I can, I can only just be taken back to my days at McDonald's where, you know, and McDonald's are kind of worldwide notorious or notorious worldwide for their suggestive selling, for their, for their upselling and suggestive selling. So, you know, we were trained to the nth degree and it was training, but there was more to it to ask every single customer, would they like fries with that? Would, would you like a drink with that? Um, or would you like to upgrade to a meal or whatever? But it wasn't just, we weren't just trained to do that. There was, there was a lot of explanation and there was a lot of um, kind of scenarios and there was a lot of kind of incentive in it for us if, the, if, if our bosses could actually see that we were doing that. And I can imagine, you know, I think the whole culture was based around that framework kind of really succeeding. So our whole, the whole kind of values and culture was based around that, that style. And I imagine that they made an absolute truckload of more money just by really inspiring us to ask people if they, they would like fries with that. Yeah, and, and when you think about it, no, nobody at McDonald's ever gets the, the, adds the, the ice cream sundae onto their meal and is mad about it at the end, right? They're always <laughs> happy with that decision, right? That's not a decision right. that they regret. They spent more, they're happy. Um, when, But here's another thing, it kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning of, if the person who's having that conversation, you know, the, the phrase, do you want fries with that, right? That, that, that's kind of a punchline a lot of times in business because, you know, in, in selling circles, people will say, well, that was just a, do you want fries with that offer? And it was sort of an afterthought at the end. Um, if it's an afterthought at the end, it, it shines through to the customer. The customer knows that you're just doing it to try to get something tacked on. You have to find a way to, to work it in, in a way where it's very clear that it's about them. The offer is not about you. It's about them. Too many organizations put people in a spot where they just do that. Do you want fries with this offer? And it's not authentic. It's not genuine. 
Now, McDonald's has found a, found a way to institutionalize it, you know, being a genuine offer, but other organizations really struggle with that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Absolutely, I agree. What are some of the consequences for not doing internal marketing? So if, if, if people don't take the effort to really engage their team with their marketing messages, what could be some of the, the consequences? Well, I, I think there's a couple. You have, um, you look at the, the, the typical, the typical corporate initiative falls well short of its objectives, right? So you go through a lot of R and D, you go through a lot of, of you know, investment in marketing. Um, so I, I would say, I would say investments that don't that don't necessarily pan out because your organization does not execute right execution is is you know the most important thing in business it's typically not strategy where organizations fall down so in terms of the consequences i would the first i would say is just simply you fall short of your goals right the 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 bets that you make um don't pan out because your, your teams are not not delivering so I think that that's one. I, I think that th- th- that's one example that you can point to. Beyond that, you think about the, the the people that work for the organization, and just just generally losing their their morale, their enthusiasm, um, not finding new ways to engage them. You know, I always say that people don't go to work, and then when they leave, they 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 take their work hat off and they put their consumer hat on. That's not how people live in, in, in 2020, right? They're, they're sort of in this always on consumer mode. Well, if, if that's the case, treat them like a consumer, like you said earlier, so, you know, make them a marketing segment. I just think that the, the relationship that companies will have with their people by taking the mentality will, will, will take them a lot further. And there are brands who have that. There's not there's some really strong examples of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I'm yet to meet a business owner who is not keen on, on reaching their or exceeding their goals. So that's a big one. How can you, Okay, so if we're talking about, you know, these benefits and these consequences, you've spoken about some of the metrics already in terms of customer retention, perhaps conversion rate, employee retention. Are there any other kind of specific metrics that you'll put in place to benchmark or measure a company's internal marketing efforts? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've actually developed one. You know, we've tried, I look at the, the, all of those are results, right? Those are, those are sort of outputs of the yes. effort, but we have a, a leading indicator that we've developed called the brand transfer score. Oh. And essentially what the brand transfer score is, is it's built on a market research platform, essentially. And we mostly, like, like I said, most of the organizations we work with are fairly large. So we take a, 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 an external market research tool and we use it inside the organization to benchmark what the attitudes and perceptions are. So we, we go through and we measure the leadership team's perspective on their brand or on their product or whatever the case may be. And then we measure the various frontline audiences, whether they're sales, customer service, technicians, whomever. And we can track over time the comparison between the frontline teams and the leadership team and see how closely their perceptions align or misalign. And then we can watch that number change over time. We can correlate that a movement and improvement in your brand transfer score is going to lead to better conversion. It's going to lead to better customer satisfaction scores, things like that. So we've built our own, manufactured our own leading indicator so organizations can know, are we on the right track or not? 
And that's something just kind of thinking through that at a top level. It's probably something that a small business owner could do as well, just in terms of, you know, let's let's say a small business of 20 or maybe even 50 staff. They could look at their management or their leadership teams, um, just, by, you know, maybe five basic questions around how they're perceiving the brand because obviously the, the notion is is that they're the ones that are in the strategy meetings they're the ones that are setting the marketing you know kind of um, direction into place so their perception should be hopefully fairly um, correct of what's actually going on but then just taking that you know those same five questions to your frontline staff um, about how the brand's perceived or how the products you know how they perceive the product or even just kind of testing them maybe on on what information you know that they've got about those particular products or services I'm sure that could be probably done in a in a in a simplified way for s- small businesses what do you do it kind of once a year or how often do you benchmark we'll we'll do them every 90 days so um, typically yep. so we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do it every 90 days. So if we, we launch a new initiative with a client, we'll measure before we start, we'll give them a baseline metric. And then after we start doing our work or doing our, our, our internal campaigns, we will go back and remeasure at the 90 day mark. But there's one thing I would really caution against yes. um, when, when you're, when you're going to do that, gather that type of feedback or do that sort of analysis, um, you really have to measure specific things. Now, I'll give you an example. Um, we we have a, a, a partner company that we work with, large organization up in Canada, and they um, they measure um, confidence. They ask their frontline teams, how confident are you in your products? And they have these confidence indexes. And I keep pushing back on the person that I know there because I keep saying to him, the um, asking somebody how confident they are only tells you so much. People may say, well, I think my boss wants me to say that I'm confident. Um, but if people say they're confident, but they're confident in telling a story that might be different than leadership, yes. it's worse to have them confident in the wrong story than it is for them to say, I don't have confidence, right? You'd rather know that they're not confident and, and figure out why than to have them confident in the wrong thing. We probably see that more than anything else. With the study that we do, we're able to come back to people and say, "You, they're saying they're confident. You're saying you're confident, but they think the story is this, and you're telling them the story is that, and you're off. So they're out talking about this when they need to be talking about that, and we're able to get underneath it. So I would just caution against what I would call like typical, just normal survey questions, like how confident are you, that type of thing. You have to ask specific things. What is it about the product that you believe makes it excel? What is it about our brand that sets us apart? And really identify what those key points are, not just ask general questions. Yeah, that is a really good tip. And that I think applies not just for the internal questioning, but it also applies if you're actually going out to market and asking your customers questions as well. I think that the more specific you can make your question, um, the better data you'll be able to to get back and the better decisions, the more accurate decisions that, that you'll be able to make. Really good point. Thank you. So... After hearing all of your fabulous insights and expertise, if someone would like to actually reach out and connect with you, how are they best to find you? Uh, well, the, the two best ways. Uh, the first, I'll let you know, our, our website is interviewgroup.com. And just so everybody knows, it's 
inner i n n e r v i e w group inner like taking an interview uh an interview inside the organization so interviewgroup.com is our website and then um i'm very active on linkedin so um when when you look for me now chris wallace is not an uncommon name so um you have to look in in philadelphia uh in the states and um, you'll, you'll see me there. Um, you'll see the interview group tag there. And um, I'm happy to connect, happy to answer any questions or, or follow up with folks after the show. Oh, that's brilliant and very, very generous. Thank you so much, Chris, for sharing all of that fantastic insight. Really appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity, Jane. Thank you. Well, there wraps up some more fantastic tips from another awesome marketer. Love it. Hey, if you're really enjoying these episodes and feel like they are helping you become a better marketer, head into your podcast app and hit the subscribe button. That way, you will not miss an episode and the marketing goodness will just keep flowing in week on week. You can also subscribe to our weekly small business marketing tips at dragonflymarketing.com.au. And hey, if you're on Facebook and love yourself a group and a community, Head on into Facebook, search for the How To Do Marketing group and uh, request access to join. We'd love to see you there. So until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 